0: And welcome back to The Word Encounter, episode 79. Uh, We left 2 Chronicles chapter 26 yesterday, so let's pick it up in chapter 27. At the end of 26, we see that Uzziah has died, and uh, his son Jotham has become king in his place. And he was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 16 years in Jerusalem. The Word says he did what was right in the Lord's sight, just as his father Uzziah uh, had done. It says, uh, in verse 3, Jotham uh, built up the upper gate of the Lord's temple. He waged war against the king of the Ammonites. He overpowered the Ammonites. It says in verse 6, So Jotham uh, strengthened his position because he did not waver in obeying the Lord his God. And essentially, that's all that's said about Jotham in Kings or here in Chronicles. In verse 8, it says, He was 25 years old when he became king. He reigned 16 years in Jerusalem, Jotham rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. His son Ahaz became king in his place. Chapter 28 and verse 1, it says Ahaz, now we know very well if you've been following in the episodes how evil Ahaz was. So again, we'll just try to highlight uh, what was not covered in Kings. And it says, uh, verse 1, Ahaz was 25 or was 20 years old when he became king and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. He did not do what was right in the Lord's sight like his ancestor David, for he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. And we know that the kings of Israel had a pattern of being evil um, because they defected from the Lord. And so it says, um, <clears throat> Ahaz was also handed over to the king of Israel who struck down, who struck him down with great force. Uh, Pekah, son of Remaliah killed 120,000 in Judah in one day, all brave men because they had abandoned the Lord God of their ancestors. And so we have some details here that weren't covered in kings when, um, when Pekah of Israel and Ahaz uh, went to war. And we see that it was pretty devastating uh, as far as Judah was concerned. And that 120,000 uh, Judahites, uh, all brave men, were killed. It says in verse 8, Then the Israelites took 200,000 captives from their brothers, women's son, uh, women, sons, and daughters. And it says they also took a great deal of plunder from them and brought it back to Samaria. So we see that Judah was, was like thoroughly routed, basically, by Israel. And then in verse 9, it says a prophet of the Lord named Oded, you see, yeah, Oded uh, was there. He went out to meet the army that came to Samaria and said to them, look, the Lord God of your ancestors handed them over to you because of his wrath against Judah. So the prophet is pointing out to them why they won this thing. And because the Lord was angry with Judah, he was also angry with Israel. But uh, in this particular instance, he, uh, I guess he chose to. To, to teach Judah a lesson, and then the word says, "But you slaughtered them, them being the, Isra- uh, the Israelites. But you slaughtered them um, in a rage that has reached heaven. Now you plan to reduce the people of Judah and Jerusalem, male and female, male and female, to slavery. Are you not also guilty before the Lord your God?" And so he's saying, "Look, I'm trying to teach Judah a lesson, but you're also guilty. And so, what are you doing?" It says in verse 11, listen to me and return the captives you took from your brothers for the Lord's burning anger is on you. And so the prophet is telling the army of Samaria, the army of Israel that, you know, you routed uh, your brothers in Judah because that's what I ordained to happen because they weren't being right, but you weren't right either. And so, no, you cannot keep captives and turn them into slaves and no, 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 no. Return your brothers and sisters basically is what the Lord is saying. In verse 12, it says, so some, men, so some men who were leaders of the Ephraimites uh, stood in opposition to those coming from the war. So you had some men uh, from Samaria that went out and, and and they were in opposition to the warriors coming back with all of these captives from Judah. <clears throat> they said to them, You must not bring the captives here, for you plan to bring guilt on us from the Lord to add to our sins and our guilt. For we have much guilt and burning anger is on Israel. And so these were wise men. They came out to the army and said, look, you can't bring the captives of Judah back to Samaria. We're guilty of sin. We can't. We don't want our guilt to be in sin to be compounded. We don't want to be um, further angering the Lord. So no, 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 no. You can't bring these captives back. We have to return them. And in verse 14, it says, uh, the army left the captives and the plunder in the presence of the uh, officers and the congregation. And so the army left. They they said, "Okay, we're not going to take them. So they left. It says in verse 15, then the men who were designated by name took charge of the captives and provided clothes for their naked ones uh, from the plunder. They They clothed them, gave them sandals, food and drink dressed their wounds, and provided donkeys for all the feeble. The Israelites brought them to Jericho, the city of Palms, among their brothers. Then they returned to Samaria. So they didn't take them captive. They clothed them, they fed them, they gave them water, they gave them rides back to Jericho and whatnot. And so they did not take the captives because they did not want to anger the Lord any further. So at least we see in this case... Uh, where Israel did something good in the sight of the Lord insofar as they listened to what the prophet had told them that they could not do. And then uh, it just goes on, and we find that you know, Ahaz rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of Jerusalem. And so uh, from kings, we know all the evil. Just go back a few episodes and review all the evil that Ahaz had, had done or had committed uh, in Israel, and it is immense. And so then, um, and so we're not going to go over it here again, but in verse 27, Ahaz rested with his fathers and was buried in the city uh, in Jerusalem, but they did not bring him into the tombs of the kings of Israel. His son Hezekiah became king in his place. So in chapter 29 in verse 1, it says, Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king. Uh, He reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. He did what was right in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. And so, again, if we go back uh, into Kings uh, a few episodes back and review uh, Hezekiah's record, his record was stellar. You know, with regard to him following in the Lord, and a lot of details in Kings with regard to what Hezekiah had done. And so, let's go on and and and, and review some things that um, that Kings didn't review. Just a few things here. And It says, uh, verse 3, "...in the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the Lord's temple and repaired them. Then he brought the priests and Levites to gather them in the eastern public square. He said to them, Hear me, Levites, consecrate yourselves now and consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of your ancestors. Remove everything impure from the holy place, for our fathers were unfaithful and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God." They abandoned him, turned their faces away from the Lord's dwelling place, and turned their backs on him. And so basically, they had stuffed the temple with idols and all kind of artifacts and whatnot. And the temple was not being used as a temple. It was more of a storage facility at this uh, at this juncture, or at this t- place in time in history. And so Hezekiah is out to restore you know, worship and restore um, 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 uh, sacrifice and, and offerings and whatnot to the temple and uh, or, or in front of the temple or use, I should say, use the temple as it was intended to use with regard to honoring the Lord because that is not what had taken place over the previous years. And it says in verse 8, Therefore the wrath of the Lord was on Judah and Jerusalem, and he made them an object of terror, horror, and mockery, because of in part because of what they had allowed to happen to the temple and so Hezekiah instructed the Levites and the uh, and the priests to, to cleanse the temple to clean it up you know to consecrate themselves in the temple and let's get this thing back in operating conditions so that we can use it uh, to renew temple worship and that's exactly what happened and so temple worship was restored under Hezekiah and then it says um, so the service of the Lord's temple was established, or I should say, was reestablished, because it was done at one time in the days of Solomon and shortly thereafter. But then, you know, it had been years um, uh, since uh, that had occurred, and not only um, temple worship, but also the, pas- the Passover wasn't celebrated in the way the Lord had intended it to be. They had, for, remember, now we're a hundred years, hundreds of years down the line. Um, from when Moses came out of Egypt, when the Passover was established, and whatnot. And so it says in chapter 30, verse 1, uh, then Hezekiah sent word throughout all Israel and Judah, um, and he also wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh to come to the Lord's temple in Jerusalem to observe Passover of the Lord, the God of Israel. And so, so here we see that not only in Judah, but he sent a word throughout Israel as well, he because he has recognized that we have veered so far from what we were instructed to do. We need to come back to where we were so that we can reestablish our covenant with the Lord. Because we're way out of bounds here, and it, so it says in verse six. Uh, so the couriers went throughout Israel and Judah with letters from the hand of um, hand of the king and his officials, and according to the king's command, saying, "Israelites, return to the Lord." The God of Abraham, Isaac, and uh, Israel, so that He may return to those of you who remain, who have escaped the grasp of the kings of Assyria. And so, remember, you know, the Assyrians had been assaulting, particularly uh, the northern kingdom in Israel, and 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 kept assaulting them. And and uh, I think at this juncture, at this juncture, they may have been exiled to Assyria, I believe. And uh, and so, but there were some remnants still there, and so. He's saying, he's, "He's saying, come on, let's let's come back, let's come back home, essentially, and do what we were commanded to do." And it says in verse seven, "Don't be like your fathers, for your brothers who were uh, don't be like your fathers, and your brothers who were unfaithful to the Lord, uh, the God of their ancestors, so that He made them an object of horror, as you yourselves see." So it says, you yourself have seen, have witnessed. The horror that has fallen on our people, and that has because uh, that has been because we have turned our back on the Lord, and so Hezekiah, Hezekiah is pleading the case. Look, you know, the Passover is part of reestablishing our covenant with the Lord, so that He can stop looking on us with disdain, and we can stop experiencing this this horror and and mockery in the land. <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> in verse ten, it goes on. It says. The, cour- the couriers traveled from city to city in the land of Ephraim and Manasseh as far as Zebulon, uh, but the inhabitants laughed at them and mocked them. <clears throat> and so they're going out spreading the word, look, come back you know, to Jerusalem. Let's reestablish the Passover and the other. And, and, and many of the people are mocking and laughing at them in verse 11. But some from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulon humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. Not everybody mocked and laughed. <clears throat> so some the Lord pricked their hearts and they knew what they had to do and so yes they went to Jerusalem. In verse 12 also the power, also the power of God was at work in Judah to unite them to carry out the command of the king and his officials by the word of the Lord. And so <clears throat> you know God is 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 watching over all that Hezekiah is doing and He is giving it the stamp of approval. And so it says here that God was at work in Judah to unite all these people coming back. So remember, we have people of Judah, we have people of uh, Israel coming together, and they have had many battles and wars in the, past, in the past. So I can imagine, you know, that there had to be some healing going on in uniting in order uh, in front of the Lord. And so in verse 18, it says, uh, a large number of people, many from Ephraim, Uh, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulon, were ritually unclean, yet they had eaten Passover contrary to what was written. But Hezekiah had interceded for them, saying, May the good Lord provide atonement on behalf of whoever eats his, um, his whole heart, or whoever sets his whole heart on seeking God, the Lord God of his ancestors, even though not according to the purification rules of the sanctuary. And so... Here we have uh, a lot of people get involved with what we call legalism. In other words, they, they read the Bible and, 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 and they, they, they seek to do everything literally just as it says. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. But there are people who look at others who don't do everything the way that they think they should be doing them. And then they become critical of them because they are saying, well, that's not exactly right. This is the way this should happen. and it's a, But see this word right here, it says, But he- Hezekiah interceded for them, saying, May the good Lord provide atonement on behalf of whoever sets his whole heart on seeking God. See, that's the key. And so if God knows our hearts, and if he knows that we are wholeheartedly seeking him, but we do some of the details not according to his plan, he's not upset with that because he knows our hearts. He knows where this isn't just some kind of religious activity or whatever, that these people have their hearts set on seeking him. And so, uh, and so then the word says, the Lord, the God of his ancestors, even though not according to the purification rules of the sanctuary. And then it says in verse 20, so the Lord, so the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. So the Lord responded because he was responding to, to what he knew what was in their hearts. He knew what was in their hearts, and that's what he was responding to, not the details of the procedure. Instead of verse twenty-one, it says the Israelites who were present in Jerusalem observed the festival of unleavened bread seven days with great joy, and the Levites and priests and the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day after day with loud instruments. And so they, as we can see, they're reestablishing a lot of things that we covered a while ago um, with regard to the festivals and feasts and other things that the Israelites were to enjoy. In verse 23 it says the whole congregation decided to observe seven more days. So they observed uh, seven days with joy and so they were having such a good time before the Lord praising him, honoring him, they said let's do another week and so they did another seven days and they observed it with joy. And then it says in verse 26 uh, there was great rejoicing in Jerusalem for nothing like this was known since the days of Solomon, king of David, the king of Israel. So remember, this is hundreds of years in the past. And so the word says there was nothing like this since the days of Solomon. And so we see that Hezekiah was responsible for for authoring or reauthoring all of the the feasts and festivals and praises and covenants and everything that the Lord has spelled out for his people that they had become um, unaware of. Or four and two, Hezekiah reestablished. And so um, in chapter 31 and verse 1, it says, uh, When all was completed, all uh, Israel who had attended uh, went out to the cities of Judah and broke up the sacred pillars, chopped down their sharapols, and tore down the high places and altars throughout Judah and Benjamin, as well as Ephraim and Manasseh. Then all the Israelites returned to their cities, each to his own possession. So they were so high off of the things of the Lord, praising him and whatnot, they left the festivals and they destroyed all of the idol worship symbols and items. And so, because they were full of God. And so then uh, we move on to chapter 31. And then uh, we covered this in detail with regard to um, uh, Hezekiah's dealing with uh, King uh, Sennacherib and his invasion and what had happened, what had taken place, and so go back and review that because this is kind of a review uh, in chapter 32 of what we've already covered in 2 Kings. And then um, now one, one thing that was said here that, that I found interesting uh, that was not said in Kings, and it, 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 it kind of comes out of the blue because there's no elaboration on it, and so we're in chapter 32, uh, verse 31. It says, when the Babylonian uh, ambassadors were sent uh, to him, to Hezekiah, to inquire about the miraculous sign that happened in the land, it said, God left him to test him and discover what was in his heart. Hmm. That That's very interesting. So remember um, uh, that the king of Babylon sent some of his emissaries uh, to Hezekiah, and Hezekiah opened up. You know all of the 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 palace and the temple so that they could see all of the uh all of the jewels and gold and silver or whatever um that was in the coffers of 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 judah and then uh, i believe it was the prophet isaiah uh questioned him he says well what did you show them why did you do this so maybe that is the the pride that this word is speaking about um uh, and the lord wanted to see what was in his heart and so maybe out of pride You know, Hezekiah was saying, look, this is all we have. You know, aren't aren't we great? Aren't we uh, tremendous? Maybe that's what this verse is referring to. I don't know. But anyway, we find in verse 33 that Hezekiah rested with his fathers and was buried. Um, And then uh, it says, Manasseh became the king in his place. And so with that, we will pick up with chapter 33 tomorrow. Everybody have a blessed and wonderful day. Bye-bye.